We're reading in the writings of Baal Sulam, we're in the introduction to the book Panim Meirot Umazbirot. Rav, Yes, this is a very well-known introduction by Baal Sulam. He started by writing the interpretation to Etz Chaim by Diari, Panim Meirot Umasbirot. This is an addendum to the study of the Tenshirot. And that's why this introduction is uh, very important. We'll start to study it, and along the way we'll go over some things that you won't find anywhere else. Introduction to the book Panim Meirot Umazbirot. Item 1. It is written at the end of Okatsin, the Creator did not find a vessel that holds a blessing for Israel, but peace. As it is written, the Lord will give strength unto His people, the Lord will bless His people with peace. There's a lot to learn here. First, how did they prove that nothing is better for Israel than peace? Second, the text explicitly states that peace is the blessing itself, as it is written, giving in strength and blessing in peace. According to them, it should have stated giving in peace. Third, why was this phrase written for the conclusion of the Mishnah? Also, we need to understand the meaning of the words peace, strength, and what they mean. To interpret this article in its true meaning, we must go by a long way. For the heart of sayers, is too deep to search. The author, the author of Afikei Yehuda correctly interpreted the words of our sages about the verse, support me with raisin cakes is laws, cushion me with apples is sayings. Our sages said that all the issues of the Torah and mitzvah bear revealed and concealed. As it is written, apples of gold in settings of silver, a word fitly spoken. Indeed, the halachot are like grails of wine. When one gives one one's friend a gift, a silver grail with wine, both the insides and the outside are important because the grail has its own value, just like the wine inside it. The legends, however, are as apples whose interior is eaten and their exterior is thrown away, as the exterior is completely worthless. You find that all the worth and importance are only in the interior 
the insides. So is the matter with legends. The apparent superficiality seems meaningless and worthless. However, the inner content concealed in the words is built solely on the bedrock of the wisdom of truth given to virtuous few thus far his words with slight changes. Here Barasulam brings us several impressions from the general words of Torah. These are such things that we cannot still debate them and understand them. It's not so important. We're, we're far away from them. We dare extract it from the heart of the masses and scrutinize their ways when their attainment is complete, incomplete in both parts of the Torah called Pshat, literal, and Drush, the interpretation. In their view, the order of the four parts of the Torah, Pardes, begins with the Pshat, then the Drush, then the Remez, the insinuated, and in the end, the Sod, secret, is understood. However, it is written in the Vilna Gaon prayer book that the attainment begins with the Sod. After the Sod part of the Torah is attained, it is, Im- it is possible to attain the Drush part, and then the Remez part, and when one is granted complete knowledge of these three parts of the Torah, one is awarded the attainment of the Pshat of the Torah. It is written in Masechet Tanit, if one is rewarded, it becomes a potion of life to him. If he is not rewarded, it becomes a potion of death to him. Great merit is required in order to understand the pshat of the texts, since first we must attain the three parts of the internality of the Torah, which the pshat robes, and the pshat will not be parsed, And if one has not been rewarded with it, one needs great mercy, so it will not become a potion of death for him. It is the opposite of the argument of the negligent in attaining the internality, who say to themselves, we settle for attaining the pshat, and if we attain that, we will be content. Their words can be compared to one who wishes to step on the fourth step without first stepping on the first three steps. Okay, let's say a few words about what we just heard. First of all, this is a very special introduction. As you can see, it's the introduction to the book Panim Meirot Umaspirot. That's how Baal Sulam designated it, and he 
He opens it by addressing people who study all the books of the Torah, the Talmud, and they're immersed in it, and they don't, they never get to the wisdom of Kabbalah. And he wishes to awaken them to the study of the wisdom of Kabbalah, because that's his goal. And that's why he writes, he explains here that according to all the sources, all the original sources of the the wisdom, the wisdom of the Torah, we cannot understand the Torah if we don't learn the wisdom of Kabbalah. Uh, The end of the the day, that's what he says. In order to understand the Torah, what but everybody knows that book that's not so big. It talks about all kinds of relationships between different people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all kinds of things that belong to this small nation that was there. It's written in such a way that everyone thinks it's a story. And this story, you can read, even to children. That's how you learn it, that's how you read it, and humanity has accepted it. All kinds of ways, and has talked about it a lot. But the sages say different things about it. They say that this story is is a code. It's only a code, and there's nothing about it that talks about this world, although it seemingly speaks of this world. Rather, it speaks about the governance of all of reality, the entire cosmos, all the forces, what was and what is and what will be. With everyone that we see and can't see, feel and cannot feel, it speaks of everything. Because it talks about the Creator, the upper force that's above our world and all the other worlds that we haven't even discovered, and His attitude towards this, all of this creation and how this creation and can and, and this is an important thing. How can this creation correctly respond rea- to what it feels in its existence? It can change itself in such a way that through all these concealments, all the worlds, all those distances, how it can reach a state where it reveals and discovers the upper force that advances it, shakes it, and then the people who discover it can then change their reality. This is the true purpose. That's what Kabbalists are telling us. It's all in our hands. And we simply need to understand what is 
de Torah, how much of it is a code. We understand better what is a code today, like in the computer, the software of the computer, a programming language that with this language we can understand, we can talk to the computer. Similarly, by using the Torah, which is a code, although it's a book, but it's not so simple, if we open up this book correctly, if we read it correctly, through that we can penetrate the computer of all of reality. We can penetrate it and activate ourselves and all of reality using this code. That's why he says that we read, but we don't understand anything, and we can't activate anything, and we can't influence their destiny. And what do they need? We need the wisdom of Kabbalah. That's it. Where are we? Item 2. Item 2. Go ahead. Item 2. However, accordingly, we need to understand the great concealing applied in the interior of the Torah. As it is said in Masechet Chagiga, one does not learn Maseh Bereshit in pairs and not the Merkava alone. Also, all the books at our disposal in this trade are sealed and blocked before the eyes of the masses. Only the few who are summoned by the Creator shall understand them, as they already understand the roots by themselves and in reception from mouth to mouth. Meaning you cannot understand what's written in the books of the Torah unless you receive an explanation from a stratified Kabbalist who knows and understands and can prepare them to understand as well. It is indeed surprising how the ways of wisdom and intelligence are denied of the people for whom it is their life and the length of their days. It is seemingly a criminal offense, as about such our sages said in Midrash Rabbah, Bereshit, about Achaz, that he was called Achaz, held or seized, for he seized synagogues and seminaries, and this was his great iniquity. Also, it is a natural law that one is possessive concerning dispensing one's capital and property to others. However, is there anyone who is possessive concerning dispensing one's wisdom and intelligence to others? Quite the contrary. More than the calf wants to eat, the cow wants to feed. Especially when it comes to the law of the Creator and His wish. Hold on. What is he saying? 
is saying that, in short, in simple words, we have no choice but to come to a state where we open up the Torah. Otherwise, we suffer and we don't understand what is required, what is what does nature demand of us, why do we exist? These degrees of still, vegetative and animate, they don't have any questions. They live because they live. But those who are on the degree of Adam, man who has an inner root to to reach the understanding of the Creator, to understand his everything that caused him, understand his destiny, he is perplexed and he doesn't know why is he suffering, what for, what's, what is it about his life, who governs him, what does he depend on, and so on and so forth. So people who develop to such a level begin to have big questions without any answers. And where will they get their answer? Indeed, we find such mysteries in the wisdom, even in secular sages in previous generations. In Rav Butril's introduction to his commentary on the Book of Creation, there is a text ascribed to Plato who warns his disciples as follows, do not convey the wisdom unto one who knows not its merit. Aristotle too warned, do not convey the wisdom to the unworthy, lest it shall be robbed. He, Rav Brutrel, interprets that if a sage teaches wisdom to the unworthy, he robs the wisdom and destroys it. It's forbidden. It's certain in many places. It's forbidden to simply open up the wisdom, the wisdom of Kabbalah, the true inner wisdom, what we call the wisdom of the, the entire cosmos. That's written in the book of Torah. Rather, one who is born on such a degree that does not demand more, do not open it for him. But those who truly desire it and are destined to understand it and understand the secret of the universe, you should open it up for them. The secular sages of our time do not do so. On the contrary, they exert in expanding the gates of their sagest city to the entire crowd without any boundaries or conditions. Seemingly, they strongly disagree with the first sages who opened the doors of their wisdom to only a handful of virtuous few which they had found worthy, leaving the rest of the people fumbling the walls. Yes. 
This is what we see in our days, in our time, that anyone, everyone can come in and study all the wisdoms in the world and there are no limitations. Can explain further? Item 3. Let me explain the matter. We distinguish four divisions in the speaking species, arranged in gradations, one atop the other. Those are the masses, the strong, the wealthy, and the wise, the sages. They are equal to the four degrees in the whole of reality, called still, vegetative, animate, and speaking. The still can induce the three properties, vegetative, animate, and speaking. And we discern three values in the quantity of the force from the beneficial and detrimental in them. The smallest force amongst them is the vegetative. The flora operates by attracting what is beneficial to it and rejecting the harmful in much the same way as humans and animals do. However, there is no individual sensation in it, but a collective force common to all types of plants in the world, which affects this operation in them. Atop them is the animate. Each creature feels itself concerning attracting what is beneficial to it and rejecting the harmful. It follows that one animal equalizes in value to all the plants in reality. It is so because the force that distinguishes the beneficial from the detrimental in the entire vegetative is found in one creature in the animate, separated to its own authority. This sensing force in the animate is very limited in time and place, since the sensation does not operate at even the shortest distance outside its body. Also, it does not feel anything outside its own time, meaning in the past or in the future, but only at the present moment. Atop them is the speaking, consisting of a feeling force and an intellectual force together. For this reason, its power is unlimited by time or place in attracting what is good for it and rejecting what is harmful to it, like the animate. This is so because of its science which is a spiritual matter, unlimited by time or place. One can learn about others wherever they are in the whole of reality and in the past and the future throughout the generations. 
It follows that the value of one person from the speaking equalizes with the value of all the forces in the vegetative and the animate in the whole of reality at that time and in all the past generations. This is so because its power encompasses them and contains them within its own self along with all their forces. This rule also applies to the four divisions in the human species, namely the masses, the strong, the wealthy, and the sagacious. Let's stop here. Meaning, in all of reality, still vegetative, animate, and speaking, each degree includes all the degrees below it. Therefore, man includes everything. And this way, we can continue to discuss the speaking degree, because if we correct the speaking degree, we correct all of creation. This is what we need to get out of this. Questions? I don't see in the men other than Tzvika or... No, Mayer. Tzvika, I cannot hear you. We have the other one, Kiev one. The four degrees of the masses, the rich, the strong, and the sagacious. You say that mostly we should correct the speaking and everything else will work out. How's that? It's because we include all those degrees inside of us, still vegetative, animate, and speaking. If we correct the speaking degree, we automatically include all the lower degrees in it as well. Now we have to ask women. Do we have any questions? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, a question from women Hebrew. What protects us from having the Torah become the potion of death? Anything and everything that we use, we can use it with the will to receive and with the will to bestow. If we use it with the will to receive, it's to the detriment of everyone. If we use it with the will to bestow, it's to the benefit of everyone. So it's it's not about the wisdom, it's about the usage, which depends on a person. Why is peace the blessing? What is peace? Shalom means shlemut, wholeness. That I complete I, all the parts of creation into one root, which is the Creator. What are the tails that are like apples that the inside is eat, eaten and the outside is thrown out? Agadot legends are like stories, but they're not 
like the ones we tell, the fairy tales we tell children, but it's not about what is written there, but it's only an insinuation. So it's hard to understand, and they're concealed in such a way by Kabbalists, uh, Kabbalists conceal their great secrets. A continuation from Act 39, why did they code the Torah, the sages? In order to allow a person to gradually advance from zero to 100% attainment of the Creator. That's it for the time being. Thank you. Okay. So, if that's the case, maybe continue. A bit more. Let's let's keep going. This rule. We're in, in this rule. This rule applies in to the four divisions in the human species, namely the masses, the strong, the wealthy, and the sagacious. Certainly, they all come from the masses, which are the first degree. As it is written, all are of the dust. It is certain that the whole merit of the dust and its very right to exist are according to the merit of the three virtues it adduces, vegetative, animate, and speaking. Also, the merit of the masses corresponds to the properties they adduce from them. Thus, they too connect in the shape of a human face. For this purpose, the Creator installed three inclinations in the masses called envy, lust, and honor. Due to them, the masses develop degree by degree to induce a face of a whole man. Meaning we have people, there's a great mass, and in each one of them there are different tendencies out of their ego, uh, the tendencies of envy, lust, and honor. So through those three, they can develop and using these three tendencies, envy, lust, and honor, they can become developed humans. We actually don't see envy, lust, and honor. Uh, we don't see them as exalted qualities. Those are egoistic qualities. But specifically through those qualities, those who have more of them can develop more and reach a state where they can even understand that they must correct themselves and reach the degree of Adam, the one who resembles the Creator. As it's written, he who is greater than his friend, his inclination is greater. Here, the inclination for lust induces the wealthy. The selected among them have a strong desire and also lust. They excel in acquiring wealth, which is the first degree in the evolution of the masses. Like the vegetative degree in reality, they are governed by an alien force 
that deviates them to their inclination as lust is an alien force in the human species borrowed from the animate. Meaning through the tendency of lust from the beast a man begins to develop. Through the inclination of for honor it we had used the famous heroes from among them who govern the synagogues, the towns, etc. The most firm-willed among them, which also have an inclination for honor, excel in obtaining dominion. These are the second degree in the evolution of the masses. Similar to the animate degree in reality, whose operating force is present in their own essence, as we have said above, this is because the inclination for honor is unique to the human species, and along with it, the craving for governance, as it is written, you have put all things under his feet. This is the second degree. You have the inclination of lust and the inclination for honor. Next. The inclination for envy elicits the sages from among them. As our sages said, author's envy increases wisdom. The strong-willed with an inclination for envy excel in acquiring wisdom and knowledge. It is like the speaking degree in reality, in which the operating force is not limited by time or place, but is collective and encompasses every item in the world throughout all times. Also, it is the nature of the fire of envy to be general, encompassing all times and the whole reality. This is because it is the conduct of envy. If one had not seen the object in one's friend's possession, the desire for it would not have awakened in one at all. You find that the sensation of absence is not for what one does not have, but for what one's friends have, or the entire progeny of Adam and Eve throughout the generations. Thus this force is unlimited and therefore fit for its sublime and elated role. This is the greatest inclination, the inclination for honor, so envy, lust, and honor. Yet those who remain without any merit, it is because they do not have a strong desire. Hence, all all three above-mentioned inclinations operate in them together, in mixture. Sometimes they are lustful, sometimes envious, 
and sometimes they crave honor. Their desire breaks to pieces, and they are like children who crave everything they see and cannot attain anything. Hence, their value is like the straw and bran that remain after the flower. It is known that the beneficial force and the detrimental force go hand in hand. In other words, as much as something can benefit, so it can harm. Hence, since the force of one person is greater than all the beasts and the animals of all times, one one's harmful force supersedes them all as well. Thus, as long as one does not merit one's degree in, in, in a way that one uses one's force only to do good, one needs a careful watch so he does not acquire great amounts of the human level, which are the wisdom and science. For this reason, the first sages hid the wisdom from the masses for fear of taking indecent disciples who would use the power of the wisdom to harm and damage. These would break and destroy the entire world with their lust and beastly savageness using man's great powers. When the generations have lessened and their sages themselves had started to crave both tables, meaning a good life for their corporeality too, their views drew near to the masses. They traded with them and sold the wisdom as prostitutes for the price of a dog. Since then, the fortified wall that the first had exerted on has been ruined and the masses have looted it. The savages have filled their hands with the force of men, seized the wisdom and tore it Half was inherited by adulterers and half by murderers. And they have put it in eternal disgrace to this day. Meaning development comes to a state where eventually people want everything for their own good for themselves. And consequently, they should not open up the secrets of the world that they can use to their detriment. Imagine that there are forces greater than nuclear bombs, what anyone who wishes can possess. That's why the sages of the Zohar, the Kabbalists, concealed the wisdom. And they didn't give it to anyone, to everyone. And here's the question, how can we do it? So he explains it further, but where, where is he 
headed we live in a state where everything we discovered everything there is to discover in the corporeal world and we cannot use it correctly we can destroy the world and if we wish to protect it we need to open up the wisdom of Kabbalah specifically so people would understand where they are and how they can manage the world and reach a state where no one interferes with another, that everyone, each and everyone has a, an entire world. And our ego will receive its fulfillment except in the, with the intention to bestow. That's what he eventually arrives at. Okay, nothing. Okay, PT-19. Yes, we had a problem with the system. It's not with me, but that's not important. He says very harsh things here about Islam, which not everyone accepted them. Concretely. He says, listen, he says that they, with their externality, didn't acquire anything, and all the importance is only in the internality and the inside. What's externality and what's internality, if so? But every wisdom has internality and externality, just like in the world, just like in everything. So we need to yearn to understand the internality of things. That's it. PT35. Thank you very much, Rav. What does it mean that the majority of the people were left to look through a, up a wall? The, the, the Kabbalists have closed the wisdom of Kabbalah. They sealed it and didn't let the masses engage in it. On the contrary, they they tell everyone that it's that they shouldn't do it. Why? Because there was a period. There's a period that people are going through in their corporeal material development, and as long as in their corporeal material development, you shouldn't be confused. So we're in a different period of time, actually. Yes, pretty thirty. I hope the question is in place. If we want the Torah is a inner code language, is it worthwhile for us to learn the portion of the week with you? No. Weekly portion is the most difficult thing, and you need a great deal of preparation to understand them. Rav, can we say that the kibbutz and the communism is a confusion that was created from them trying to use incorrectly the wisdom? Those are good, beautiful tendencies that awaken in a person, but without the correction of the ego, they are, of course, destructive. They become destructive. PD7. Rav, what does it mean to be worthy of the wisdom? 
What does it mean to be worthy of the wisdom? To be worthy of the wisdom means that we wish to attain the wisdom and use it for the correction of the world. Okay, so we're going to women. We don't have time to go to Tess. Maybe yes. Let's go to Tess. We're moving to the next part of the lesson.